before before we come on to the book, Paul, I just want to go to uh, Chris because I know he enjoys this pursuit. Um, laughing at Gary Neville, there was a Gary Neville interview that I had to uh, transcribe this morning as well, which was hilarious while I was doing it. That's when that I I and I, I asked you to transcribe that so I, so I could quote it. But what when was it? It was wasn't it at the start of this season. We were talked about it on TTT when Neville said he was that Liverpool was uh, Man United were going to win the league before Liverpool. Was this after we were after Madrid then? After we were champions? Yes, after after I think it. Yeah, because Carrad references it in the in the in the little clip, doesn't it? He? he references winning the Champions League again. So um, it that was makes, either just before makes, the final or just after the final. That makes it even worse, then, doesn't it? Yep. You could smell Salah leaving. <laughs> Your opinions on Gary Neville's bollocks. <laughs> As it not, literally, yeah. not literally. Yeah. Not his yeah. actual bollocks, please. Thankfully, I don't know them. Um, yeah, what about... I don't understand his asterisk thing, you know. Um, I never understood his quote at all, but the, the thing about the ast- wearing an asterisk to... They should always have an asterisk after their name. As though... If the so, season wasn't concluded, then I I get that a, a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I always felt tw- played twenty nine one twenty seven was fairly convincing in its own right. You know, at the time when everything was ground to a halt. So I'm not. I'm, yeah, I think that's what the asterisk referred to. It was if if we didn't resume. I think I think that was the idea. Um, what about United winning the league before Liverpool at the start? Of the <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that wasn't going to be this season, was it? Um, or next, I don't think. You don't know. No, obviously, we you know we start again, and we don't we don't really know what's going to happen next season. Who's done what business, if any? Um, so it's hard to sort of make any predictions about the next season. But this one, I think, it was it was fairly. Um, Fairly obvious that Gary Neville was going to be a million miles out once again. Um, I think it's interesting how, like Solskjaer said, oh, it won't be 30 years until United win the title again. And chances are it probably won't be. But it's already been seven. You know, the years go by. But, you know, Arsenal were an, were an invincible team. But that was 16 years ago and they've not won it since. So it's it's easy to say yeah. he'll win it before somebody else or we won't have to wait 30 years to win it. But... The years soon tick by. There's only one team wins it every year. It soon, you know, these years the years pass, and it can soon sort of build into a to a thing that that Liverpool have thankfully just escaped from. But um, yeah. the, the the pressure's not going to go away at Man United. Obviously, you know, chances are they probably won't win it next year, and you know they might have clocked up ten before they know it. And you know, so yeah. Did anyone? Just, see? Sorry. No, no. I was just going to add. Really, yeah. I mean saying that Man United were going to win the league before Liverpool. I mean, obviously, there was a chance that that might happen. But, you know, yeah, it's a ridiculous comment. The, um, have you seen, anyone seen the video? The Where's Gary video? Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. <laughs> the, the ticket at the airport, the ticket for Papua New Guinea, one way. <laughs> Where's Gary? Anyone seen Gary? It's not just that. I think my favourite bit was John Barnes saying he was going to hunt him down because he's got special yeah. skills. Yeah, I will find you. Yeah. So, as as I did, as I did transcribe it, I I think the uh, parallels are absolutely fascinating between how how Liverpool used to think as a club after they'd won the league so often, and how Man United thought as a club under Ferguson, and for Gary Neville to say, and 
and I'm going to quote here, and I think it's it's crazy. Eventually, they'll stumble across the right recruitment system, the yeah. right recruitment people, that they'll get a great manager. Hopefully, that's Ollie, who's shown nothing. Um, I can guarantee you, clear as day, Man United will win it again. Well, yes, but you don't. It seems like he has got a perception that these things are just they just happen, and Liverpool. I think for at least 15 to 20 years until FSG came along who were trying to get the best Liverpool were just thinking this we as a football club we we've got a right to win the league and it doesn't matter what we do and that seems to be what's in Gary Neville's mindset there with those quotes he he's, he thinks Man United will just become good again but that could that could take 30 years you you have to get the best you have to you have to innovate you have to be ahead of the curve you can't just go well a lot of teams have just spent an absolute fortune relative to others and that hugely helps but man city have also done the other sides of it and that's why i think that's why and that's why i think klopp might not have won the league he would have improved us hugely and would have had great moments probably won the champions league but i think Without everything coming together, it was too big an obstacle for us to get past Man City, who had, who were doing what we were doing in trying to be the best in all all areas of the club, but we didn't have that money. And yeah, Man United, Man United, and Neville just seem to be going. Well, it's going to happen soon. Well, you know, what, it's what just Neville, cyclical. What Neville's not really getting here is that 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 is how much the bar has been raised. Now that. I accept that there will be there will be periods in the future. United will be champions again, almost certainly. Um, you, you, you know these things are cyclical, but just because something is cyclical doesn't mean that you will definitely definitely get your turn on the cycle. You know what I mean? It's it. But what's slightly different is just how how Manchester City had raised the bar. And then we've just raised the bar on how Man City raised the bar. Do you know what I mean? It, that, the, what we've done. Yes, is, exactly. And we made, we put City under so much pressure that they, I mean, they, you know, people may still think they're the, the, be, the best attacking, t- uh, you know, you just, just, you just have to watch a commentary with the, and the commentators are just, oh, you know. And, and, and actually uh, throughout this season, I, I, I've, been noting quotes of people still saying that Man City are actually the best team, um, which but 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 th- th- this also brings me on to another point about City and, and how I think we overtook them. It's because their defending is absolutely rubbish. It's um, you, you, last season, um, America Laporte played in all four league defeats, but Vincent Company didn't play in any of the defeats. I think he played. A dozen to nineteen games or something, and they didn't lose. Um, obviously, Laporte is still their best defender, but there are countless games where they've been torn apart by any team with a bit of pace and a bit of attacking gumption has absolutely torn them to shreds. And they are still brilliant going forward, but a team is a team, isn't it? And if you look at this season, we are by far the best team. We are the team that does every area of the pitch at, at consistently better than anyone else. Now, City might have a better midfield technically, but but, but and then come back to the United point, United are buying players 
Wan-Bissaka as an example of, of, of a defensive fullback in a, in a game that has, that has evolved to the point where your fullback now has to be a winger. And if if you've got a, a, a defender like Harry Maguire, who, who I mean, you saw Maguire, Maguire's turn of pace on that um, was it this was it the Spurs goal? You know, the turn of pace. I mean, the, the man was was you know you've seen statues move quicker, and you've got no pace at the back at the centre of the defence, and so you've got fast fullbacks. So your fast fullbacks have to defend. Where's the where's the plan as to how the actual team will work? together do you know what I mean so it's it's the it's not just the players that Liverpool have bought but it's the way it's the kind of the joined up thinking behind it which I've not seen yet from Man from Man United you've got man you've got a, a man we, we employed Klopp because he'd overachieved so much with Tim's relative Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has never shown that with anybody no. he's he, never shown it in his whole career and if, if the manager has to be the fulcrum it has to all go through him to get to the players Yes, I think he could identify. He's he's going to have an ability to identify with the club. He's going to get patience, which I think is key. But he hasn't shown that he can make be- players better than what they should be. No, what they are. And he he might be, he might be able to do that, but but then that's what Liverpool had to get away from. You know, in, in again, someone like Brendan Rodgers might be able to do that, and and, and yet even Rodgers was a more exciting manager when he was appointed at Liverpool than Solskjaer was from his time at Cardiff and Mould. You know, it, it, so it's just it's just this weird assumption. And yeah, maybe, maybe if things will, you know, Liverpool will have a, will probably have a bad season. It could be next season because, you know, it could be that, you know, we run out of the, you know, the emotion and the adrenaline. But at the same time, we could get better still, you know, so... But there, there may be. Not sure how. <laughs> yeah, but there may be. There may be that season, like the Leicester season, where just everybody else has a really bad season, and Leicester, yeah. you know, were absolutely I, I, incredible by Leicester standards, but they weren't incredible by English champion standards, were they? They kind of, you know, you, that's eight, they won it with eighty-one points. You know, we passed that weeks ago, so you know, we passed that in March, didn't we? So, you know, what I, mean? I, I, I just think with the United, they've gone with Moyes, who should. Who, who, for argument's sake, maybe showed at Everton that he could improve players. Probably showed that at Preston. Um, but, but absolutely, the the cardinal sin of being the complete opposite of the person that he was proceeding had. They didn't realise that that squad was coming to an end. So they, Louis Van Gaal, he's in, he's got he's got a managerial record of improving players, but he's also got a managerial record of conflict with certain players and certain groups and management above him. And then. Mourinho, isn't he the guy? He's got to be the guy. He always improves players. Oh, no, he doesn't anymore. He might even be regressing. But my point is, they, they might have had three managers who have shown a history of doing that, but they haven't got the structure behind them that we've got. They haven't got anywhere near that. And that's the difficulty. So they might have all the resources. They might have managers who have shown an ability to improve players, but if you haven't got the other stuff, you can't get above teams who have got that and have got money. And that's, uh, like I say, when I come back to Klopp, I think Klopp still would have done great things, but the the, the entire structure of the club was, is, is essential and, and the way that he gets the best out of everybody, you know, he, he pulls everybody's resources and gets the best and knows how to, to bring all that together. 
Um, and again, so it's so you know, so so many Liverpool have got it right on so many levels. But then Klopp obviously makes Michael Edwards' work look better in a way that Brendan Rodgers made Michael Edwards' work look worse. Do you know what I mean? So Mike, Michael Edwards is going to have learned about things in it. You know, everyone learns while they're on the job. Everybody, but it, it, you need somebody. It doesn't matter what you, you work you do. You need somebody to. Do you know what I mean? To bring the best out of you. And if somebody if somebody is going out of their way to actually make it harder for you, then you know what I mean? So it's just, so it's just there's just this complete joined up thinking at Liverpool, which people talk about, but is not easy. It's not easy to get. And I think that the, the Klopp's perhaps Klopp's biggest strength is how he ha- the, how he limits the, the egos of everybody whilst not being some kind of passive hippie that you know what I mean he's, he's he's this crazed winner but at the same time he is completely humane and 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 brings everybody together do you know what I mean so whereas someone like Mourinho is this crazed winner but when things don't go right they're under the they're under the bus in no time do you know what I mean once you've been thrown under the bus once you know you hang on a minute I don't trust this guy this guy's gonna is gonna screw me over here do you know what I mean? And so, and so, it's just Klopp's entire attitude, and especially in the way football has gone, and the and the way it's become faster and more attacking, and and, the, and these kind of things. Um, it's just everything. Everything seems ideal. No, no, Gallagher. Inform us to what what beautiful insight he gave at the start of the season. He gave us um, the insight that City will win all four, and he held up four fingers in case you weren't sure what four was. Four, um, Liverpool with nothing. Um, second last season, too funny, too funny. It was too funny. So I really want some form of too funny as they're giving us a guard of honour on Thursday night. Yeah, too funny to see that happen, see your team giving us a guard of honour. Yeah, there's a famous a famous video that he, he, he just sat there and, and just beat City up, you know, endlessly. They would win all four this season. You know, all the domestic trophies like they did last year. I think he's counting the community shield as well now. There are certain um, there are certain Liverpool fans that do the do the same though, that can be equally, you know, overly sort of triumphant, you know what I mean? Yeah, well I've never seen one do that. Um you know, we're gonna win all four. Although we have pretty much now. But we you know, there's a difference between saying we are now champions of Europe, England and the world. Um after it's happened. But, you know, he was saying at the start of the season and laughing at Liverpool's sort of second finish, finished nowhere as usual, you know, apart from the Champions League. He said he said we've had, Liverpool had the best season in their history and they still finished second. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, too funny. <laughs> too funny, too funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. OK, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I really want some way of getting too funny across as, as they stand apart and clap us onto the pitch on Thursday night. Too funny. Seeing your team clapping us back on. <laughs> too, it's, too, it's too funny seeing Chris set off pyro. Yeah, I'll be there. That, that's it. That's, across, that's across the ballet. for that guard of honour, you see. That's, uh, <laughs> I've got, apparently it's 90 seconds of pyro. So, um, <laughs> I've got to time it really well. Their fans are lucky as well that they don't have to be there to watch this. No. No, they'll have to watch my smoke instead. 
No. <laughs> <laughs> the whole valley is going to be full of red smoke by the time the game starts. <laughs> but yeah, I just looked it off. You stupid, silly man. You know, how do you feel now? You know, just don't say stuff like that. You know, it comes back to bite you. It does. So, I think this is a great question by V. So we'll start with you, mate. Oh, I've got. I I had an answer as it was happening, so I've got to use this one. When did you first think Liverpool were going to win the league this season? I'll probably uh, have the same answer as similar people, um, but I think uh, probably the Leicester away, the four nil on Boxing Day. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you obviously couldn't be sure Liverpool were going to win it at that point. But um, after that game, I tweeted out that um, if Liverpool, I think it was win 14, draw five and lose one from here, then they'll definitely be champions. And that didn't seem too unrealistic because they basically won every game to that point, up, apart from the uh, United game. So the idea, even with some tough fixtures, you think, OK, we can still afford to drop a few points, but if we win... The 14 relatively easy games that are left, we'll um, we'll we'll win the league. And then the following night was when Man City lost to Wolves, and suddenly that figure became 13 wins, six draws, and a loss. And then you start thinking, yeah, they're really capable of doing that. And that and that's going to be even if even if Man City or Leicester, who let's not forget were second at that point, if either of those teams win every single remaining game, Liverpool are still champions with like 13 wins and six draws. And that really didn't sound unreasonable at that point so I grew in confidence a lot after they beat Man City but I think actually beating Leicester with that performance and then City losing the next night um, if I can combine the two it was basically at that point that I thought yeah I'm, I'm very very confident now. So I, I had my family over at Christmas um, remember, remember that remember when family used to come and visit um, and it was and my, and my dad was saying, uh, you've, you've clearly won it. Stop pretending you haven't. And I said, no, we definitely haven't yet. There's things that could go wrong. And if we can, and Leicester were in particularly good form at the time, I said, if we beat Leicester, I, th- I think it will be really, really difficult for Man City to catch us in, in the form that they're in. So, yeah, that was the point. After that, I was kind of like, I think this is it. Paul? Um, yeah, I don't know... There were various city defeats that seemed quite encouraging. Um, there was the Wolves one, but there, there seemed to be other ones as well. Um, I mean, I, I still felt anxious even with a 25-point lead because then you're just starting to think, well, if although it's 99% there, if we did mess it up from this position, it would go from being one of the greatest achievements to being kind of like the all-time, you know, biggest choke, you know, and and then that that you know that would be worse than you know the the, the stick we'd have to put up with because of that. So, but obviously, you know, uh, the key thing, and I think Bees wrote an article about this, and I've covered it in the book, was was the final few minutes when we played Villa, um, and when we were still losing with three minutes to go, and Man City had been behind. At home, but I think that they, they ended up turning it around. Carl Walker had scored, so out of nowhere they got this fallback goal. Um, but then when Andy Robertson, um, you know, our, our fallback sort of got us back into the game, and then when we, just winning that, you know, I don't believe 
that it's our year and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, uh, but if you can keep turning turning the situation around, if you're good enough and there's a reason why, and even Guardiola said, you know, if the late goals, if it happens once or twice, maybe it's lucky, but if it happens all the time. And we just sort of, grind, the way we were grinding teams down, even if we weren't playing our best football, we would still just keep relentlessly trying. Um, so... I, that was kind of like that was a that was a key moment I think, but obviously then after that there was still a long way to go. Um, so there's various other games. Chris, when when did you when did you think we were going to win it? Well, the crowd declared it, didn't they, at the end of the Man United game at Anfield when Salah put that goal in? Um, I think that had something to do with whose fans were at the other end. Um, but I think there was you know it was basically it's time to take the muzzle off and I think we'd all been living under this you know no nope, can't say it yet all the old thoughts have been there and seen it before can't say it yet can't say it tempting fate not the younger generation you know the sons and daughters and that of, of our generation uh, who've never seen it and for whom this is great by the way um one of them you know the lad of uh, guy I've been going to the games to since the 70s he was saying from November, pretty much, he's saying, when are we going to call it? When are we going to call this? It's ours. And said, oh, shut up, shut up. You know, why, why, did people, soon, you know. why did people have to call it so early? Well, he was just, because he's, he's because he's heard his dad and me and everyone else talk about it and infinitum, and he's never felt it, and he wanted it, I guess. There's a, and, general, um, there's he, a general need to call games like, you know, when, if, you, if a team goes 2-0 up, a commentator will say, oh, that's game over. There's, there's this general need. Is, is it to say? Is it to be the first? Is it to then go and say, "Look, I called this. I called this back on the, you know, the first of September." No, he was fuming. He was just fuming that we wouldn't realise we've won this. So this is over. This is over. This is a one-off race. And he was saying that in November. <laughs> he says, "No one is going to get near us this season." And he did. He did say that. And but nobody would would join him. Ah, uh, yeah. No, and. The optimism. Of he's not that youth. He's <laughs> <laughs> we're that old. He's not even a youth anymore. He's in his twenties, you know, mid twenties. Uh... Still, things can, you know, even when, you know, things can always go wrong. Do you know what I mean? And I think again, that's another great thing with Klopp is that again, warding against complacency um, is another great managerial trait. And you know, yeah, he said the club shouldn't. He agreed the club yeah. shouldn't say. Yeah. It. They shouldn't come out and say, yeah, we've got this. You know. That would be wrong," I said. "But we we can." Yeah. Well, and, uh, and nobody would. Yeah. Basically, well, nobody would. But I think after the United that, game, we did. We thought that last season, don't we? Though there was a point where we could have gone ten points clear, or we were ten points clear, but City had a game in hand, and yeah, you know, we could have said it then. I'm sure lots of people said it then, but it, you know, it never felt in the bag. I might, I might, I might do a check on TTT of comments around that period. I cannot remember many people on TTT saying this is we, it last no, season. No. I, I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. So let me check. But I never felt, I never felt that it was, it was absolutely done. Then I just thought after the Leicester game, because of statistics like Bees was saying, with the running we'd need to have, you're just projecting it forward and you're looking at yeah, fixtures and you're looking at your your previous results over the last, like we were talking, I was say 110 points out of 114. We got, when you're doing that kind of thing and you're looking ahead, you're going, there's absolutely no way we can yeah. lose three or four games to this lot because we've been bad this season. I think the and reason won. we wouldn't actually come out and say it for so long was back to Jürgen's heavy backpack again. 
You know, it's, it's like we, yeah. we just don't. We, we, we want this so much. We just can't dare say what's bloody staring us in the face. <laughs> we've been hurt. We've been hurt yeah. before. We've yeah. been hurt before. You know, so we many can't win this now, but but we can't say it yet. You know, yes, you can. You know, Graham was there all the Yes, you can. <laughs> it's ours. We've got it. No one's going to catch us. Well, you know, we're old. Is there any is is there any possible thing that could still stop us from winning it? Because we've been through the ringer this season. <laughs> That's right. Can it be retrospectively <laughs> what, taken what, off? What? <laughs> is the sun going to just suddenly blow up before we get to lift the trophy in front of some fans? Been, I don't know. It's tr- tr- Trump seems yeah. to be on the edge of something. Is that going? We to have stop been us? officially. I think. Yeah. Even if the world ended tomorrow, I think we we are officially champions. So yeah. the fact that we haven't lifted the trophy. Is neither here nor there. I think, isn't it? You know, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. Okay. I, yeah. I don't think you have to do that to consummate it. I think that no. you know, it, we are. But what? What if? What if we find out John Henry's been making billion pound payments to Saudi Arabians to fund Man City, and then we get nine points deducted? Yeah. You know, and, and then we lose the rest of his games. These things could happen. <laughs> they, they could, <laughs> but they won't. No. Who? No. No. How many? How many of us would have thought that they would have been there? A global pandemic then postponed the season and stopped us from being around Anfield and having a parade. Oh, no. Zero. I've never seen a parade there in all all the time. You know, I've seen Liverpool win eleven championships and I've never seen a parade. I've seen them win. I've seen them win five Champions Leagues. Uh, well, six um, six Champions Leagues. I've never seen them in a parade. So I've never seen. I've never seen a Liverpool victory parade in my life. You know, live. But you've been so, at the games. But I've been at the games, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's one or the other, really. Yeah, um, you know, you could never get back from a Champions League final in time for a parade, can you? Oh, um, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I've never seen one, so this will be nothing new for me to miss. Even if I do miss, I'll try and get to this one. Um, assuming it's you know, this year, I'm still alive. You know that sort of thing. You know, when's it going to be? You know, when's that going to be? I don't. I don't. And anyone got a prediction for the parade? I, I don't think that. Um, no, I, I, I don't see one happening this year because of, no, it's going to get. There's a good chance that that there could be a second wave of, of mm. nineteen, and that and that obviously autumn you're then starting um, flu season as well. So I just don't see. I don't see that kind of thing being allowed in uh, in 2020. Yeah, look at looking at the uh, the data from the United States where they have done a lot of testing, but seeing some of the waves in some of the states who just did massive relaxations of lockdown, you're just like, ugh. I, I, it's hard to even predict that we're going to even have a parade. That's the depressing thought. Bees, come on, tell us it's going to be in July. No, mate, it's going to be in. Um, I reckon it'll be next March. Will be the parade. Because we should have won the league on um, March 21st, two days before my birthday, which would have happened if the fixtures and results fell as they should have. So um, it'll happen on the March next year, just before my next birthday. Heard it here first. <laughs> I like them, I like it. It. At least you're going with it. You're going with a day. Oh a yeah, month. no messing See, around. <laughs> speaking about that, you know, and we talked about um, you know teams winning the league when they weren't actually playing. It was actually our 31st game against Palace and City's 31st game at Chelsea. So it's only the fact that they were played on different days due to demands of TV 
that stopped yeah. that. If they'd been played simultaneously, like a but, days of old, we'd have won the league by beating Palace 4-0. I was, I was due to be at the Palace game uh, with my mates, Matt and Aidy. We'd set that that date aside and, um, you know, hopefully going to go to one or two more after that in the running. Um, but but would that, even if it had happened in March, I don't think we, I can't remember when City was supposed to be playing Chelsea. That wasn't... That was going to be the Saturday lunchtime game was Chelsea City and then it was going to be Liverpool Palace in the evening. So if City, had, if City had dropped points at Chelsea, all very hypothetical now, but... Uh, yeah. If they had, and then Liverpool had won in the evening, then uh, Liverpool would have won it that night. Yeah, so the game you would have been at basically. But um, yeah. just to add to what Chris was saying, like I sort of touched on it in the thing I wrote recently. But apart from when they played each other, obviously there's only been one game this whole season when Liverpool and City kicked off at the same time, and they haven't even played on the same day since December um, in the league. So it's yeah, it's just sort of like artificially happens that you know. It's staggered over several days, but it, it's always the way, you know. But it was always fairly unlikely that it would happen um, on the same day and things like that because they never play on the same day or very rarely. I think I was one of the uh, one percenters on TTD that wanted us to win it at City. It seemed like a avalanche of people just wanted City to even, lose, even, drop points, even and then win it. I just wanted to do it while we we're playing. Yeah. I don't know why. I think we've discussed all the issues around why that's kind of artificial and it doesn't matter and this you know, bigger pictures but I just wanted to beat them we wanted to get rid of that heavy backpack as soon as possible just dump it as fast as possible basically and, and I completely Clark understand the same on his uh, on his next day interview with LFC TV was just saying you know after all the after last season and you know and everything just yeah just get it done as as quickly as possible and that was my that was my view as well, and you know, and, and certainly with after last season, but also the way the league was postponed this season, it's just like yeah, just, just get this done, you know, before an asteroid hits the earth or something. Yes, and this way we get a guard of honour at City. Too funny. Which is a nice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got that in there. Yeah. Chris is no guard. Let it go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, not, let's not go there and let it go. <laughs> but finally, finally, Paul. The thing probably you're going to be working on most over the next few weeks. Um, how's the book coming along? Yeah, the book. Um, I still need to finalise some kind of subtitle that works in, you know, that we're world, European and Premier League champions at the same time. Um, but yeah, so the book's called Perched because we're back on our perch. Um, and yeah, it's um, as I say, you you. Both you and Bees have been helping with this book. You've got Chris doing the special book for the TTT subscribers. Um, and yeah, I think it's, I mean, there was a period during lockdown, you know, during the, yeah, the complete lockdown where it would probably have been a really good time to go over the book. But I, at that stage, I just couldn't focus on football particularly early on when we're all discussing like the coronavirus and what's going to happen and you know nor me nor Trisha I think we're both in the yeah Trisha is helping um, doing some editing it was just that kind of like I can't I can't face this now and so for the first time having started writing books on Liverpool season back in 2004 or 5 was the first time which just happened to kind of you know 
pretty much launched my career and start, you know, just happened to have picked, picked a really good season to start doing that. Um, for the first time, and I must, I've not done one every year, but done quite a few of these now. For the first time I've had, I've actually been able to just take a complete break from it. And, and then, then you obviously, it takes a few weeks of once you start trying to get back into it to remember everything that you were trying to do. I, I, I had all these notes that suddenly no longer made any sense because they made sense to me in March, but you know, my brain had been erased in that in, in the next sort of few months. But then once I sort of, you know, something actually, this is really good. I normally, you know, I'm normally too critical of my own work. And, um, but I had a chance to get a bit of distance from it. And I was thinking, actually, oh, it's really good. I've forgotten I'd written that, written that, and I'd forgotten that I'd researched that and forgotten that you guys had found these things. And um, so, yeah, so now it's just a question of pulling it all together in the next few weeks organizing all the logistics of it all as well but um but yeah so that's kind of you know i'm probably not going to write anything for the site this week but then just spent a couple of hours talk, talking about um things instead um and, you know on here which which can go onto the site and and can can serve to, to to cover that but yeah so no really really excited about it um you know and, and say genuinely had the chance to get a bit of distance from it and look at it afresh um and again i, lo I, lo I love the graphic with them yeah i, I, I mean it's <laughs> such a little addition that is so daniel I, I mean my my idea for the cover was again some kind of uh, you know daniel marshall who, do, who, do, who does the great work um I, I was kind of thinking of of those images of the live bird done as a phoenix and something more kind of like there's kind of various graphics like that floating around but but holding the trophy but he did a kind of more simplistic graphical style that works really well and then once once the pandemic started here i said you know want to put a mask on it um and obviously it's one of those things again i had to start thinking i you know i wasn't thinking of a cover and, and and have definitely been champions in January, but by you know by by late February, early March, once the gap was opening up, he's trying to think. Right, I'm writing a book that's 99% about Liverpool being champions, and it's a 1% chance that either it's about the biggest choke in history, or I just burn the whole manuscript. You know what I mean? Print it all out and burn it. So yeah, so it's you know, and it's it's I'm a bit. Slight, at this precise moment in time, I'm slightly overwhelmed by just how many bits of information are coming out from all the different Liverpool writers around, you know, uh, on their own kind of bits of insight and all this kind of stuff. And I was thinking, oh, I'd like to quote, quote that person and this person and that. And, and, you know, and you could think, well, actually, you know, I've got to try and keep the, the page count to a, to a manageable level anyway. So it's just like, oh, you know, there's so much new. 90,000? Yeah, right, for not, 90,000, 95,000 words, you know, seems to be a kind of that's the, the the length of book that I think personally works best and for other practical reasons. So, you know, it's kind of like how much new information do we gather in the coming weeks? You know, it's, uh, how do we sum up? You know, I summed up the season as the season's unfolded, but then there there are kind of now there's like Klopp's interviews, players' interviews, the owners' interviews, all these kind of things. You know, what do we use from that? 
and just yeah just how to how to to sort of you know top and tail it and um but yeah so it's mostly mostly there um but it's that kind of this is always the hardest part of writing the book is always same with last season you know after you've won something and in my case I'm I'm, I'm usually sort of fairly exhausted from the process of winning the, the thing and then to actually you know try and make sure that the 90,000 words uh, you know d- does it justice is is its own kind of pressure but but yeah again we can't I can't argue that you know thankfully the club <laughs> the club have given us something to write about you know as I say the books would be a hell of a lot duller if if the final chapter is yeah and we finished sixth again do you know what I mean so well I'm sure anyone and everyone who's listening to this um, all, all the subscribers on TTT will there. Uh, the amount of books we've read of yours <laughs> without a title win. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could just write Divock Origi or, right. you know, yeah, Fernandinho or something, just repeatedly for about 20,000 words. And yeah. <laughs> we'd definitely buy that as a title book because it's been there. Uh, we haven't had one, and I genuinely, at the end of last season, never thought we would win one. I'll be honest. Last season's last, se- last season's book, obviously started. You have to start the books earlier in the season. I don't start them right at the start of the season because if you lose the first five games, then you know it ain't going to happen, is it? So, but last season was going to be. I never at one point thought, yes, we're definitely going to win the league. But you have to start writing a book in case you win the league. Do you know what I mean? It's when Liverpool were clear at the top of the table. There was a good chance. Such a weird dynamic yeah. as well, isn't it? And then I never, I never ever for one moment thought we'd win the Champions League last season because I just didn't even think about it until, until um, perhaps perhaps when we beat Barcelona in the second leg, obviously, and then you're in the final. But until then, I was just thinking, you know, we'll probably have a good run, and then, but you know, it was all about the league, and then it ended up being all about the Champions League. So. Um, so yeah, you never quite know how these things are going to pan out, and you just got to be prepared and just have, you know, and, and it's the process of constantly updating, and and you write a load of stuff, and then obviously new things happen, and then the stuff you've just written, you have to get rid of that, and you end. Up, I think I've said on Twitter, it felt like I've written three or four books because you're just constantly writing new stuff and then replacing the stuff you've already written because so much has happened and changed, and um, you know, so many. So many big moments in this season, and we talk about the end was a bit anticlimactic, but the 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 the, the moments of euphoria were late on at Villa Park, late on at home to Leicester with with the with the Mane penalty, uh, winning the penalty, late on against Man United with the breakaway goal. You know that that first half against Man City. You know throughout the season there were there were these moments of complete euphoria. Uh, you know, and where you felt like you were watching a team that could and possibly would win the title. So they were all the kind of moments. Most of those moments had happened so long ago that it was just kind of slightly surreal. That's what makes it surreal, really, wasn't it? That those, you know, we, we, we were kind of limping a bit before lockdown and when the Everton game was a bit of a damp squib. Um, but there were so many moments in the season that that would you know so much drama it wasn't like there wasn't any drama and it was just a stroll was it you know the points tally suggests it was a stroll but the actual kind of drama within the games was was 
was pretty incredible when you actually look back at it. We should go back and uh, go back through the match threads, pick out the most voted comments, and just repost them as a as a as a memory to those moments. Because I think those are that's the key thing. It's like it's like, I went from the start of the season having a kind of level of thinking about football and going. 97 points, we're never going to win the league. <laughs> and it's the opposite to what Klopp's personality must have been, which is, look boys, 97's not enough. We've got to go better than that. And I think every single one of you can do this. And then and then getting to, and then winning some, and then breaking all sorts of records for, for, for not breaking the record for consecutive wins, but points tallies, home wins, all sorts of stats that we were breaking. And and then you start to think, wow, maybe it, maybe it is. 110 points, the rolling, the rolling 38-game tally of 110 points. It's insane. If you think that the the season record is 100 and the previous rolling record was 102, and then you've, you've raised that to 104, 106, 108, 110. You're getting, so 36 wins, um... From a from a thirty eight game rolling, uh, you know, and uh, one thing I got Graham Graham Riley to look out was you know the, the longest runs of games with only one league defeat. And I think we got up to sixty six league games with one defeat, and teams like the Arsenal Invincibles and uh, Nottingham Forest of the seventies, you know, we're talking about forty or fifty runs of forty or fifty um, leads in the late sixties, you know, but for Liverpool to to get to 66 games with just one defeat, it, it's just insane. The stats are the stats are insane, but you but the stats don't give you that pure moment of of joy that we would have got had Liverpool won the title next week at Man City, or had we been had we been ten points behind. I wrote this on the side, but had we been like ten points behind and come yeah. through in the final in the final weeks, you imagine that the you all the outpouring, all the joy would be in those final moments. Whereas what we've had is the tantric version, going going on for months and months and months. Am I going to use that as a title? (laughs) The tantric times. things about the other night you know the, the night that we finally won the league um i've always said the 25th was our sort of magic day of may with rome and istanbul and it was the 25th again which just happens to be a month later this time um and we actually became champions uh, there was six minutes stoppage stoppage time at chelsea so we became champions in the 96th minute I, i've i've often thought that of 96 minute that always seems mm. quite, uh, quite you know was it the Origi goal at um, yes, the big, Derby big, goal was ninety six minute. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then you start thinking, oh, that's fate. Then and and then of course it turned out that it wasn't. But it was that was it was nice that it happened this time. Yeah, I think so. It kind of seems to bring things around, if you like, square it off, and that's another part of the backpack. You know, 
so we can sort of move on. <laughs> Go for the retaining this time. 